0: KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team. Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash OLLI.
1: Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Tuesday, June 27th. The latest on a case of a nurse and doctor charged in a 2019 jail death. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. San Diego City Council members are set to give their final vote today to ban homeless encampments. The ban would make it illegal to camp in the city if shelter beds are available. It would also make it illegal to camp near schools, parks, transit hubs, and along waterways anytime regardless of shelter availability. Some elected officials, housing experts, and attorneys have questioned whether the city will have enough shelter beds to enforce the ban. Mayor Gloria has outlined more than 20 locations where people would be allowed to camp, sleep in a vehicle, and obtain indoor shelter. The locations would add at least 600 new options for unhoused San Diegans over the next 18 months. Our partners at iNewsource are reporting that Gloria's plan could cost between $30 and $66 million, but the city's budget to expand shelters next year is only $7.4 million. City officials say the city will count on donations for more funds. The County Board of Supervisors today will discuss and vote on a more than $8 billion proposed budget for the new fiscal year. The budget being considered adds more than $60 million to the original recommended plan. It includes more funding to address the housing crisis, special election costs, mental health and substance use disorders, road safety improvements, and more. While this may improve your commute experience every day, four new miles of carpool lanes are now open on northbound Interstate 5 between Carlsbad and Oceanside. To get an idea where the carpool lane extensions are, they're between Palomar Airport Road and State Route 78. They will connect to the existing nine miles of HOV lanes on I-5 between Loma Santa Fe Drive and Palomar Airport Road. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need.
0: KPBS On Demand is supported by... The University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu.
1: San Diego County jails have seen a record number of deaths. Now the family of a woman who died in 2019 is getting their day in court. Yesterday, a preliminary hearing got underway for the nurse and doctor charged in her death. Reporter Kitty Alvarado says the victim's family rallied outside the courthouse. A preliminary hearing for Dr. Frederic von Lintig and nurse Lee Pasqua was held at the San Diego County Superior Court in El Cajon. Paloma Serna, Elisa's mother, says this day has been a long time coming. We've been waiting since 2019 to get the truth out. Von Lintig and Pasqua are charged with the death of 24-year-old Serna, who was in custody on a charge of petty theft. Both pleaded not guilty to involuntary manslaughter. Serna's mother says she wants the world to see what she saw. Video evidence of her pregnant daughter dying inside a San Diego County jail cell. With the nurse walking away, leaving her there to die. If convicted, Von Lintig and Pasqua each face four years in prison. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. SDG&E passed a significant milestone as the company moves away from being the region's primary power buyer. Environment reporter Eric Anderson has details.
2: More than 80% of SDGE's customers now buy electricity from either San Diego Community Power or the North County's Clean Energy Alliance. That number could jump to 90% next year when Oceanside and Vista make the transition. The two nonprofit agencies promise to buy cheaper power from renewable sources. SDGE's Anthony Wagner says that changes the utility's role.
3: San Diego Gas and Electric will continue our primary mission of being an infrastructure company and providing best-in-class customer service.
2: San Diego Gas and Electric will maintain the grid, and the company will still handle billing. In fact, Wagner says the online accounts are getting an overhaul, which breaks up the bill into three parts.
3: One would be a delivery charge. That's the uh, pipes and wires that get the electricity to your home.
2: Two is the actual cost of electricity, and finally, taxes and public purpose fees. San Diego Community Power is the larger of the two power buying agencies. Community Advisory Board member Eddie Price says they have more than nine hundred thousand customers. At the end of the day, I believe it's a good thing for for the community as well as the um, customer base because we're a nonprofit, so. Most of our um, profits are going to go back into the community. California lawmakers cleared the way for nonprofits to take on that power-buying role more than two decades ago. But interest in the idea surged in recent years as electricity prices spiraled upward. There are 25 agencies, including the two in San Diego, which buy power for California residents in more than 200 cities, towns, and counties.
1: Eric Anderson KPBS News. Three years ago, the COVID pandemic was gathering steam. That's when a San Diego company called Helix started processing thousands of COVID tests a day as they genetically mapped the mutating virus. SciTech reporter Thomas Fudge tells us about the changing virus and how Helix partnered with the county to try to keep it contained. Mark
3: Laurent shows me around a sprawling set of labs that Helix just opened in Sorrento Valley. A row of white sample testing machines takes Laurent back to the days of the pandemic. For COVID, we ran them on these PCR machines here that essentially allows us to give us a yes or no answer. Do you have COVID or do you not have COVID? But a thumbs up or down on a COVID test wasn't the only thing Helix learned from those samples. We would take then the the samples that actually were positive, people who had COVID, and then we would take them back to the beginning of the process and do what we call viral sequencing, which is essentially look at the detailed genome of each each virus and understand how that that virus uh, has evolved and and essentially understand what variant it is. Mark Laurent is the VP of operations at Helix. The genomics company partnered with San Diego County and others in 2020 to provide COVID testing to the public. During the pandemic and since then, it has also tracked COVID virus variants as the virus has turned from Alpha to Delta to Omicron and most recently to XBB. The pandemic we were running about 30,000 samples a day uh, and that, I mean, that that's a mind-boggling number, <laughs> just to just do that. He says the company had to hire more than 200 additional people, and it used a robotic testing system to meet the demand. A lot of tests coming in the door at Helix were from San Diego County. Nick Mashione is the director of the county's Health and Human Services Agency. He says early in the pandemic, it was clear the county's lab simply couldn't process enough COVID tests. Mashione says he asked just about everybody he knew how he could solve that testing
0: dilemma. I reached out to my friend Joe Panetta at Biocom. I said, are there any companies doing this? He, He mentioned a couple of them, and he also mentioned Helix.
3: Machione says the arrangement set up with Helix was the foundation of the county's pandemic health system. COVID testing led to COVID tracing to track the virus in the population. Ultimately, mass vaccination centers like the one outside Petco Park gave thousands of people their COVID shots every day. Machione now looks back on the testing partnership between Helix and San Diego County as novel and successful.
0: It was a public-private partnership, right, for the public good.
3: That partnership has ended up being worth more than $88 million in county contracts with Helix. Machione insisted the price they paid during the pandemic, about $50 per test, was a good deal. It was about half of what other companies were asking for. Today, Helix is sequencing the genomes of both people and viruses in cooperation with health systems across the U.S. Shishi Lo is the company's head of infectious diseases. She says the coronavirus is pretty slow-moving compared to the flu, but it moved pretty quick during the pandemic.
1: I think when the COVID pandemic happened, there were just so many people getting infected that even if the like base rate of mutation was lower there was a lot more opportunity for the virus to replicate. And so you can have a lower mutation rate, but more replication, more infections, and you can also generate the same amount of change.
3: Today, she says the latest version of the COVID virus called XBB 1.9 has been in the U.S. since the beginning of the year and so far has not posed a serious
1: threat. There's enough pre-existing um, immunity, whether through vaccination or an infection, that it would take a lot to um, cause a huge surge again. Uh, but we should also be prepared for the worst.
3: COVID samples continue to come to Helix for testing. Samples are also tested for other respiratory viruses like the flu. Mark Laurent says their lab will soon test for another contagious disease that's seen a recent outbreak, the virus called mpox, formerly known as monkeypox. Thomas Fudge, KPBS News.
1: Coming up. How the city of Del Mar plans to offer more affordable housing. We'll have that story and more just after the break.
0: KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places.
1: Delmar recently took another step to offer more affordable housing. North County reporter Alexander Nguyen says the city is using a new state law to do it.
4: Land in Del Mar is at a premium, so it's a challenge to build more housing. But the city needs to build more of it to comply with the state's mandate for affordable housing.
1: Del Mar has been assigned 66 moderate income and 113 lower
4: income units. Del Mar City Council member Terry Gasterlin says that's where the California Home Act better known as Senate Bill 9, or SB 9, comes in. SB 9 went into effect last year and allows developers to split a residential plot zoned for a single-family home into duplexes and fourplexes. It's meant to spur more housing development in the state. Yes. The city recently approved an update to the Municipal Code to allow for that to happen.
0: Consent calendar passes unanimously.
4: The state law does not specify that some of these new developments be affordable but the Del Mar ordinance does.
1: The state's SB9 is based on a trickle-down theory that if you simply build more housing, some portion of it will inevitably be inf- affordable. That doesn't work in Del Mar.
4: Because Del Mar is a coastal city, the new ordinance needs the California Coastal Commission's approval before it goes into effect. Alexander Wynn, KPPS News. Don't
1: miss the bus to help unsheltered youth in our area. The annual Stuff the Bus school supplies drive got underway yesterday to benefit students experiencing homelessness. The San Diego County Office of Education and San Diego County Credit Union have teamed up for the ninth year to raise money to purchase backpacks and school supplies for students. Money donations will be accepted online or at any Jersey Mike's in the county. A portion of donations will also assist San Diego Youth Services in providing meals for homeless youth through its various food programs. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. Join us again tomorrow for the day's local news, including a piece about the legal fight to review the Chula Vista Police Department's drone footage. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Tuesday.